podcast. I am your host, Ruth Rubio. The purpose of the Spanglish Latina podcast is to give and create a safe space where we can talk about anything and everything. Nothing is off limits. Real conversations where we can learn, grow, and share personal experiences, knowledge, and advice. Take what speaks to you and what doesn't resonate, you can choose to take it with a grain of salt. Think of this as a conversation with your amigas or your homegirls. And just a reminder, everything I do or say comes from a good place and I always mean well. Now let's get started. Hi, I am your host, Ruth Rubio, and welcome to Luna Mia podcast. I am so excited to be recording again, and I am so excited to do this segment. It is going to be National Hispanic Heritage Month on Thursday, September 15th through Saturday, October 15th. And I just want to take this month to really just go ahead and not only tell my story and my experience as a small business owner, but also get people that I know from their own industries, what they've gone through and how they work through running their own small business and just businesses in general. I just want to just put into light how and what you can do if you're thinking of starting your own business, if you've thought of it, if you're contemplating, if any of these episodes can help you help yourself jump to that and actually do it, more power to you. I am super excited to actually record with the people I'm going to be recording and putting out there and make sure to just I don't know if it's just me, but I've always been very, very, very proud of my roots and where I come from and just being Hispanic. And, you know, my I was born here in L.A. My parents are from Mexico and just I am excited to see how many more people are taking up space, how many more Hispanic people, Latinos are just coming into their light and just really putting themselves out there. So I'm really excited for this series of episodes coming up where I will be recording with them and just getting to know them so you can get to know them. Maybe you haven't or you don't know much about my guests, but you will after listening to them. And I am just so excited to record and just for you to get to know them and myself a little bit more and just to promote. You know, I think small businesses are truly what keeps the world running. And without small businesses, who knows where we would be. And I'm just thankful and grateful for you to be listening. And I mean, people always ask me of like what my next episode is going to be on. And to be completely honest, I never truly know. I simply just go with the flow and whatever I feel like talking about the day of, I just hit record. And like I said, in this episode, I'm just going to talk about my journey as a Latina small business owner, how I got to becoming my own boss and all the jobs I did along the way to even get to where I am now. Like when I tell you I started from the bottom, I truly did. This is where I would insert the Drake song. I started from the bottom now we're here. <laughs> Like literally, like I, in my wildest dreams, would I ever even think of me running my own business? Like baby Ruth is looking at me like, wow, you're a boss ass bitch. Like, excuse my language, but I am making baby Ruth proud. And I am so happy that I can go back and give baby Ruth what she couldn't have growing up and knowing that I've worked so so hard and I don't mean to get emotional but like I'm doing some inner child healing where simply running my own business I like I can't even believe that you know I run my own business I I am in charge of my own schedule I make my own money and I never take that for granted I never take my journey and what I've been through for granted everything happens for a reason and I'm just I'm sorry I get all teary-eyed, but I'm just very happy that baby Ruth gets to see how far I've come and give her everything she is deserving of. Sorry, I didn't even think I was going to get emotional, but (laughs) get it together, girl. So yeah, when I tell you, I generally started from the bottom, and I don't mean the bottom, bottom, like... I just started from the beginning. As soon as I graduated high school, 
I went into beauty school. I, you know, for those of you that don't know me, I am the founder of Sweet Like Sugar Beauty. I have been a licensed esthetician for 11 plus years now. I went to beauty school right out of high school. I specialize in sugaring, hair removal, eyebrow threading. I just, like I said, recently became a certified hypnotherapist. And I will be doing a whole separate episode on hypnotherapy alone because boy, is there a story there. But yeah, let's just get into how I even ended up where I am now. So right after high school, I went straight to beauty school. So while other people were like looking into colleges and applying and, you know, I, I like school. I'm not going to say that I didn't like school. I, I'm good at it. I'm good at whatever I really put my mind and heart to, but I don't enjoy it. I don't know, like some people genuinely do enjoy school and like it and kudos to them. They're my heroes. But for me, I just... I just don't like it. Like, and I wanted to get into something that I liked and I knew the beauty industry was that. I don't know. I always knew that. My mom was a cosmetologist towards the end of her working career. And I just loved seeing her just be so flexible and her schedule and being in control. And she genuinely seemed to enjoy it. Unfortunately, you know, her health issues got in the way and she had to stop working. But that's initially when that seed was planted in me, where I knew whatever I did in the future, I had to enjoy it. I had to have flexibility and be able to spend time with my children. And mind you, I don't even know if I'm having kids or not. But if I do decide to ever have any, like, I want to have that freedom to be able to be there with them, to go to their recitals, go to their sports games, to be able to fund that and have the... I don't think I could work for corporate. Like, I could never go back to working for someone again, I feel. So back to the story. So when I graduated high school initially, I just wanted to do makeup. So when I went to different schools getting tours, I was seeing what makeup schools were. But when I did my research, I just realized how expensive certain schools were. And that was just for makeup alone. That price was just to be a makeup artist. And this was the day and age where everyone and their moms was being a makeup artist. And makeup truly, well, for me, it's not hard. I've It's one of my passions. I've loved it. I stopped doing it. I just do my makeup now. But kudos to all the makeup artists because it's not easy. But there's, you know, there's an abundance of them, I feel, which is great. Good for you. You go, Glenn Cocos. <laughs> but I, for that, for the price I was willing to invest, I wanted to get more of a license. Like, so while I was doing my research, I found it's not open anymore. They had some controversy going on. But I went to Marinello School of Beauty in Burbank. And it just so happened that they were having a scholarship program for people who were just graduating high school, who were actually going to go in the beauty industry. And my intuition told me, do it, girl. What, what's the worst that can happen, you know? So funny looking back at it now, it's amazing just to see how divine timing and the universe just really does align things because it was perfect timing. It truly was. So I decided to contact the school, decided to apply for the scholarship. And again, what was the worst that can happen? I always think of the worst case scenario. I wouldn't get it. Okay. At least I know I tried, right? So the thing was, I had to write an essay. So I wrote my essay, I had to go in for a demo and practice, I think it was like some makeup. Yeah, you had to apply makeup. So it was an essay and then do a demo. And what do you know, I actually won third place. And that helped a lot. I believe I got at the time, I think esthetician was about 10k. So I got a grant I five like my scholarship was five thousand dollars so that went towards my intuition and that was so much help like I said at the time estheticians I believe was like 10k or so and this was 12 years ago so I don't know who or how much it is now but that helped a lot I had to get like maybe one alone now which was not too bad but I will never forget when I had to go in to do my demo. I didn't have a model. So my mom being the ride or die mama that she is supporting her daughter. It's like, Sabes que mija, take me. Like, whatever. Just do what you got to do. So I brought her. And mind you, they didn't tell me how to bring my own makeup. Like, from what I understood is they were going to have some there. When I tell you, I don't know where they got this makeup from. It must have been in the closet, storage closet for years. I don't know. It was not good makeup. 
And my mom was like, just do what you have to do. No me importa. But my poor mom's face was literally burning. I don't know. Like I said, this makeup was old. My mom has sensitive skin as it is. But her skin was literally not having it. I think like she even had chemical burns from her face. But did she die? My mom's a ride or die. She could have. She probably had an allergic reaction. But she took one for the team. She didn't die. Her skin might have just peeled a little bit. (laughs) And I'm sure she might have felt like she was dying. But she's okay now, guys. Don't worry. And I got my scholarship. So, thanks, mom. You the best. Gracias. (laughs) But she's okay now. Don't worry. And, yeah, I got a grant. And then I did like I said have to take out maybe a loan I would think it was like two or three k I believe but at that point I knew I had to get a job to be able to pay for school and my loan and bills in general I was graduating high school I knew adulting was going to be a thing and my mom didn't want me to start working until I finished school she said school was my job and so I just wanted to find a job that was close to home where I just had income coming in I didn't care where at the as a teenager you don't care as long as you have income right As long as you have money to spend on your outings and just gas so you can continue being out and about. That was what my priority was at the time. I wanted to go to school to get my esthetician license, and I wanted to have a job to have income. So I tried selling Avon for a little bit. Uh, I only did that for a few months. I truly don't like to sell stuff. It's a hassle to me. and Not that it's hard, but it's just... A lot. Like, shout out to all the salespeople out there, by the way, because you have to hustle to make money. Like, it is not easy, and it is it is hard work. Like, salespeople, you guys are my heroes because you definitely, you literally do have to sell yourselves. But I just feel like some people have it and some people don't. I mean, I, I made some money off of it, but nothing crazy. And I was just mucha chinga, to be honest. Hey, shout out to Avon people or just people who sell in general, like I said. Either way, just hustle whichever way works for you. As long as you're not hurting anyone along the way, just keep making that money, honey. (laughs) And I had also a random job. I worked at a smoke shop in Pacoima for like two weeks in the hood. It was just, there were weird people who would go in there. They were really sketchy. And to be honest, I was not about that life. I honestly was just like, oh, like I said, I'm going to just try whatever, get income. And I just had a few weird encounters and it was just a hard no for me. And I quit. Like I said, I maybe worked there for a week or two, but just the people going in to there was shady obviously I was a girl in the hood and you know I grew up in the valley but still like the people that were going I was like nah something's gonna happen to me and my intuition just told me like girl you do not belong here like really really I I, and I quit I quit so after that I actually went to apply at Burger King or Burger Balls as I like to call it I called it Burger Balls when I was working there (laughs) But it was close to my house, and it was convenient. I could walk there if I needed to. And I worked there for about a year. Honestly, that was more than enough time. A year was too long, if anything. And I probably should have quit sooner. But I just, like I said, I wanted to pay off the loan that I got for beauty school. And to be quite honest, I truly met some amazing people working there. And I did learn a lot working there for that year. Um good things happen there, bad things happen there. And just in general, working at a fast food restaurant is honestly no joke. So please be kind to them. Whenever you go, um, be nice, you don't understand the pressure they go through. People can be so mean, honestly, people are just mean sometimes. And it was just a lot of things I learned there. Like I said, good and bad. A lot of my coworkers, unfortunately, didn't have papers. So they had to deal with that fuckery that comes with the job. Like they were forced to be there. And I honestly felt horrible when I left and did quit because I knew they all wished they could have done the same. Um, Sometimes the work environment was toxic, you know, the managers had power trips. And to be honest, at times they felt like they owned you. I I was so young, like I was barely 18. I didn't have a backbone yet, but definitely did get a backbone by the end of that year. Um, And just 
to be quite honest, that's where I really knew I didn't want to work for anyone else. I wanted to be my own boss. So I never had to go through that again, what I went through there and just be in charge of my own damn self. Like literally, um, you know, the managers and it's like your own people sometimes they were rasa and they would get power trips. They thought they were better than you because they had that title. So they would exploit you, try to make you work overtime, try to work through your lunch. And like I said, a lot of those people didn't ha working there didn't have papers. So no tenían otra opción. Tenían que seguir chingándole. They still had to keep going. And it was just so heartbreaking to see that I had a piece of paper initially has so much power and I I learned uh, like I said I learned a lot. The customers is a whole other story of its own. Lordy Lord, they think that you're their cha cha and uh, oh those customers again. Please be nice if you're ever in a drive through or if you're ever going somewhere. Just don't be an asshole. <laughs> like I remember one lady literally screaming at me because I didn't give her a straw. Un popote. Like, I literally didn't give her a straw. Sorry, my bad. Like, I'm sorry I was getting your food. I totally forgot to give you her straw. How dare I? Like, she, like, if anything, you're welcome, girl. Like, I'm trying not to have you get diabetes with your large-ass soda you're drinking. Ugh. I, like, at that point, like, she literally came back. She had already left. She drove her ass back, got back on the drive-thru, and just to make sure to come back to scream at me over a straw. Like, really? Okay. That's, like, that's the shit I had to deal with. Like, they would get mad if your orders took long. Clearly, I wasn't in the kitchen, so I had no control over that. Like, I'm not going to rush people. Like, you want your burgers, you can wait for it, okay? And to be honest, that Burger King was actually really clean. We had to stay on top of everything. It's just the worst part was at the end of the shift. But literally having to clean everything up. The mountains of salt that were on that air the fries area like at the end of the shift was truly mind-blowing and you best believe like I would randomly grab a fry or onion ring when I need a little snacky snack I was hungry like it was there I mean you're not supposed to do that pero tenia hambre sorry not sorry I do like their fries and onion rings <laughs> um oh the ice cream machine I just remember that being the worst like I'm short guys I don't like ladies and gentlemen I don't know the people that know me know I'm short I'm literally like only five zero so I had to use a ladder to even be able to reach the ice cream machine and clean it. At the Burger King I used to work at, they did clean. Like I said, they were on top of it. The ice cream machine would get emptied out every night and then redone at the end of the, like, at the beginning of the shift. Like, it was clean. Um, and just, like, my neck and my back, my feet hurt just from standing those eight hours. So privileged now, honestly, looking back, like, what I was going through in the beginning like I remember once like a motorcycle gang I'm not gonna say who they were uh went and I was like lord are they about to kill us I don't know like for some whoppers like to be honest they were actually really kind I was like damn can y'all sprinkle some of that kindness to the other customers coming in <laughs> like they were so sweet and that was my bad for judging a book before but you know you know sure you know the gangs the motorcycle gangs they they had their good and bad stuff but shout out to them because they were so nice and honestly when I finally did decide to quit because I took a job somewhere else I started working at South I looked for another job because I knew Burger King wasn't it like I said the harassment from the customers and just the employees and the managers which just wasn't it so when I got hired at Sally's Beauty Supply the manager was such a bee like she was super cold to begin with and to be honest I think she was just salty because I was young I had papers I honestly don't even think the manager had papers to be quite honest with you but you know how you know they do it they use other people's socials and hey I don't knock it like people are literally just trying to make their living so I don't knock it it's just the fact that they were so mean and just very judgy and just salty so when I was leaving uh I'm sure she wishes she could have left too but hey that's not my fault you know um she literally I just remember telling her like going into her office and she literally said and I remember this like it, I could still hear her say it you're going to be like the rest of them that quit and they will always they always come back and ask for their job back and I think like literally telling me you'll be back like vas a venir me vas a pedir tu trabajo para atrás and like she literally told me that and I 
I genuinely like laughed in her face. I like obviously I am super grateful for what I learned, my job ethic, uh, working with other people, the income it did bring me when it did. It was just minimum wage. And when she told me that, I was like, ¿Quién te crees? Like, I literally, like I said, laughed in her face. And I literally told, like, I promise you that that won't be me. Like, that wouldn't be me. Like, no, the nerve of her. Like, yeah, wishful thinking, lady. But no, like, how fucking dare you? Like, how even dare you treat other employees that way? And like I said, it'd be your own people. And I actually get motivated when people doubt me, to be honest. It just drives me even further just to prove them wrong and be like, oh, yeah, bet. Like, you think I'm going to come back here and work again in this hellhole? Bet. Like, hell no. Safe to say I never went back like she claimed I would. Like, girl, please. You got me all the way fucked up with that. It was a hard no. And actually now to think about it, like, look how the tables have turned, like, that Burger King did eventually close. It didn't make it. It closed down like a few years after that. And it is now a Starbucks. That Burger King location is now a Starbucks. And what do you know? I'm actually an investor in Starbucks. So technically, stick that in your pipe and smoke it, pinche vieja. Like <laughs> the Burger King where I put that time in and learned so much. I went through so much now is a Starbucks and I invest in it and look at that like just the universe now when I pull up to the Starbucks I'm like oh it used to be Burger King or oh I used to work here and look at me now I'm an investor in Starbucks and just seeing that alone just seeing how far I came from then to now it's it's truly shocking like I, I know I've gone through this journey myself but sometimes from the outside looking in you don't realize like oh wow like wow you really did go through all that <laughs> it's honestly it's it's really shocking to me just re looking back take, taking a step back and really seeing how much I've gone through and I'm grateful for everything that I've gone through but that was my experience with burger balls and working in the fast food industry so please be nice to them like I said so when I went to work at Sally's Beauty Supply, this was the one in Studio City and to be quite honest with you I think that one closed or they probably moved um, but I didn't mind that job too much, honestly. I enjoyed it, although I was an esthetician and I I was a licensed esthetician and clients would ask me about like hair, hair dye. I don't know if they assumed I was a cosmetologist, but I didn't know anything about hair dye or bleach. Like I literally would just suggest what I thought they needed. And I mean, for the most part, no one ever came back with like the wrong hair color on their hair. And I would just like run to my coworkers that were cosmetologists, like, what do I say? Or what do you think I should recommend? Or I just learned as I go, like I would hear what they would recommend for the certain issues they would go for. And it'd be like, hey, like I said, no, nadie fue trasquilado or like with bleach tips that weren't supposed to be bleached. So I learned a lot there. I met people there, my coworkers. Uh, it was one of my coworkers there that told me that she actually had a friend that worked at a sugaring place that was hiring and they would train you. Like, so for me, I was like, hell yes, finally, like I can use my license. And as a licensed esthetician, when you just graduate high school, um, I'm speaking from my personal point of view and experience, it's scary. Like you're finished with school, you go to state board, you get your license, you have to take the test. Back then, like when I went to get my license, like it was something else. Like now I don't even think they have you train on an actual person, do the demo. Like I think it's on a mannequin. Like when I went, it was, I had to take my sister. Like I did the practical and technical, like it was a whole thing. So graduating and not having clientele you obviously have to build that and a lot of places do ask for experience but again how am I going to get the experience if you don't hire me like that makes no sense to me and I think that is so frustrating in so many levels for many industries that do require experience and you don't have it take a chance on me see what I bring to the table then we can talk if you like me if you don't my work ethic is not for you cool whatever so when she told me about this place that was hiring and they would train the universe was like, girl, do it. Like, I genuinely was doubting myself. I'm like, no, no. I think she mentioned it a few times. And I was like, no, no. Like, I was, I was scared. 
So, I mean, I learned a lot at Sally's. I think, like I said, I worked there for a year. Then I went over there to that sugaring salon that was training. And so I went to that place and I was hired to be trained as a sugarist. And to be honest, in the beginning, I was overwhelmed. Like, I wanted to quit. I wanted to throw in the towel. I didn't know what I had signed up for. I was like, what am I doing? This is nothing I know of. This is nothing I've ever done in the past. At school, they only showed us how to do the hot wax or the hard wax. And here I was about to learn a whole different technique of sugaring, hair removal. I, to be honest, I didn't know. I didn't know what I was going in for, what to expect. I truly didn't know, but I did I did it. I did the damn thing. I went to learn. I went to train. And le- thanks to that, I am where I am now. Like the woman, the women, because there were several people who trained me. Shout out to them. Um, but they made it look so easy. And to be honest, until you get used to the consistency of the pace and how to control it, it is a huge mess. Like, so basically what sugaring is, let me go, let me go into what sugaring is. You might be wondering, like, what is she talking about? What is sugaring? So sugaring is a form of hair removal that is made of all natural ingredients. It's organic. It's honey, lemon, sugar, and water. And it is a paste. And with the consistency of this paste is what you do. You'll grab a ball of it, grab a ball of paste with your hands and you apply it on the person's area that they're getting done. So you spread it on and the stickiness is what grips onto the hair. So then when you flick it off, the hair comes out with it, roots and all. So you spread it on and flick it off. This might sound easy. It's definitely not. It's a whole technique. It's a whole art. And it so like I said, there's only, when I went to school, there was hard wax, hot wax, and now with sugaring, I highly recommend you do try them all and see what you prefer. I tell everyone, they're like, which one do you prefer? I personally, I don't know if I'm being biased, but I love sugaring. My clients love sugaring, and we are all on that anti-shaving club <laughs> because when you shave, not only does it not last, but when, you're like a prickly cactus. Like you literally shave and within minutes you're already it's growing out because when you're shaving you're literally only going over the top layer of the skin and when you're sugaring with the paste it grabs the hair and flicks it out from the roots which is why it lasts longer it's softer you'll you don't have to worry about hyperpigmentation from the constant irritation of just the razor alone and the ingrowns that come with the razor forget it i love sugaring it's been life-changing it's the best thing ever. And if you ever want to try it, I'm your girl. The only thing is you just have to let your hairs grow three weeks so that it is long enough for the actual paste to grip. Because if it's not long enough, that paste won't grip to your hair and it won't even come off. So, and to be honest, like nowadays, I don't even care. Like body hair to me is no big deal. I do what I do and I love it. But the growth process for me, like I'll be wearing dresses and have hairy legs. I will be wearing dresses, short sleeves and have armpit hair. Like for me, hair is hair. I personally just feel cleaner when it's not there. Like the grow out process doesn't bother me because sugaring for so many years has made my hair basically super thin, non-existent. I even tried laser guys. I did laser and I did like six, eight sessions. I did a few sessions. When I tell you that laser didn't do shit, it literally gave me the same results as I did with sugaring. I was mad. I'm like, well, what the hell am I literally, excuse me, zapping my hoo-ha when it's not even, it's coming back. My Latin roots were too strong. It didn't even work. So, you know what? You know what? I'm just going to stick to sugaring. It hurts less. I'm getting the same results and so be it. I love sugaring. The number one question I get asked all the time, does it hurt? Honestly, why wouldn't it? I mean, <laughs> you're ripping your pubes out with roots and all. So just be a little mindful. I mean, it does hurt. It just depends, though. Some people say it does. Other people say it doesn't. And you have to remember everyone's pain tolerance is so different. So it 
does depend on your hair type, your personal pain tolerance, also if you have caffeine or on your cycle, on your period, or if you're pregnant, you're just more sensitive. So I do uh, recommend that you don't have any caffeine before your appointment, that your hair is long enough for the paste to grip. I do recommend you take a pain reliever 30 minutes before, and like I said, you'll live. Um, no one's ever passed out on me. No one's ever not made it. Like, like I love to say, but did you die? No, no one ever has on my bed and hopefully you never will. <laughs> so you'll be fine. Like, I just, you know, it is what it is. Like my poor friends, I'm not going to say their names because I don't want to throw people under the bus, but you know, confidentiality, duh. But you know who you are, my friends, my guinea pigs, the ones that were the writer dies and let me practice on them when I was going to learn. Like, my friends, when I tell you left bruised with, you know, skin missing when I was first starting to get the hang of it, like, you are all the real MVPs. I, everyone who volunteered to be my model when I was learning and let me practice on you, thank you so much. You're all the realists. I truly appreciate it to this day. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you allowing me to train on you and to practice on you. Like, I, I generally just have such a good support system of like love my friends i love 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 all my friends but thank you guys you know who you are <laughs> but you know i just kept it pushing i just look at me now i was struggling back then i wanted to quit i wanted to throw in the towel i was so scared of what i was going to do next what, what was going to happen and i truly just kept pushing through and look at me now years later literally doing what I love every day I get to do what I love and I met some of the most dearest friends that I still hold close to my heart that I still talk to every day like when I worked at Nor like in Northridge at one point we were like literally go to Red Robins when it was slow we would go shop around I would go to Auntie Annie's all the time no wonder I was so big because those pretzels smelled so good to not get one damn like they were setting me up like now I wonder like why I was so big and swole before bitch maybe because you were getting those pretzels every other day like but smelling them like como puedes decir no little oh I love bread like I'm like Oprah Winfrey when she said it I love bread it's my kryptonite carbs are my life I need to chill it's a little hard, but that's a whole other subject. But <laughs> and just working there, it's just there was a lot of, you know, I worked in that company for, was it three or four years? I think maybe I worked there far too long. It was just a lot of micromanaging and working us like slaves, basically. Like the burnout was real. Like she, the owner of that uh, salon where I learned how to do it was just like so, so like, wanting money 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 and like in and out like I think they would literally give us like 15 minutes for a Brazilian I mean hey that is where I you know learn to do it fast but for me I want to give an experience I want to know that they know that I am present there with them I want to give them that space that they deserve it is a very sensitive area I'm waxing people are going through pain people need to use the bathroom people need to take breaks so being in that fast environment where it was like just go 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 it honestly was starting to get it I was starting to get drained I was not enjoying it anymore I f I wasn't giving the quality work that I wanted to and you know my my friend slash co-worker decided to leave uh we worked together and she told me to go work for the salon she was working in it was commission-based it wasn't hourly anymore so I went over there I'm like okay you know hourly I don't know maybe I was making a little more than minimum to be quite honest with you it was mostly I made most on tips because I was seeing so many people like when I tell you I would see sometimes maybe even 15 people a day it was a lot like there was a lot to go on and I was just ready to stop that. And I thought I was going to go somewhere better. And I mean, 
was it better <laughs> uh when i went to when i first met the owner of the other spa she interviewed me at some restaurant close by and we had drinks and obviously she buttered me up and claimed she understood like she was understanding about burnout and was against people taking wasn't against like people taking time off and balance clearly now knowing what i know now then like she was just buttering me up she was telling me what i wanted to hear it was commission. So essentially, I would be 1099, which means I don't get taxed all the year, but I do have to pay taxes at the end. So essentially, you know, when all people you're, you know, you're running to do your taxes to get money, I have to pay at the end of the year, like I wait to tax season because I dread it. <laughs> I actually need to find a better tax person to do my taxes. But since I had to pay, you know, I'm always been good about saving in general anyway so i quickly learned taking that job that this viejita was oof something else like oh i don't even know where to start she was genuinely racist she was bipolar she was a narcissist she only cared about herself and what benefited her and i honestly went through some of the most difficult and personal things while i worked with in that salon and it was hard at times for me to even work. I am very sensitive to energies. I am shocked that I didn't pick up her energy. And you know what? Looking back now, I honestly did. But I was just ready to leave the other salon I was working at. And this sounded like I said, she said what she said. What she, said. she was trying to butter me up, make it sound good. And when I tell you I went through so many personal things there, I went through it. It was those years there oh, so much toxic stuff happened to me in those few years um truly 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 one of the some of the hardest things i ever went through in life happened in when i was working in that environment maybe like i said you attract what you're surrounded by and i was surrounded by negativity narcissism and uh, i guess i would get what i was surrounded by um so yeah she buttered me up so she would say if I ever wanted to take time off, I didn't have to worry about that. But that was for sure not the point. Like we literally had to butter her up or wait until she was in a good mood to ever ask for time off. And that's not just me. That's my other coworkers. And that's when I started to realize I had to get out of there. I worked there for three years and far too long, far, far too long. And it would hurt me. It would truly hurt me to give a part of my hard-earned money to her, knowing the way she was, knowing she was racist, knowing she stood for everything I didn't. She was just, at times, like, she was bipolar. One minute she would be fine, so nice. The next she wouldn't. And I, you know, I had to get out of there. I worked there for three years, and to be honest, way too long. And it just, I... I, no me sentía bien. I didn't feel comfortable knowing that I was giving this woman money when I could be benefiting it all for myself and I wouldn't be, you know, feeding the the enemy, the, feeding the person that follows so much that I don't and don't believe in. And like I said, fear and the unknown was truly what kept me there for as long as it did. And I shouldn't have worked there for that long, but I finally decided it, it was enough. I began to finally start looking for places to rent and go off on my own my ride or die homegirl christina that does the same thing i do was like girl just get out trust me you'll regret not doing it sooner shout out to you chris you were absolutely right i love you girl if it wasn't for you i don't know what i would have done but i finally did it i finally decided like to not let fear stop me anymore i began to look around places to rent i went and finally, to go off on my own, I truly ask God, the universe, to send me something so I can finally leave, finally start off my business, finally go off on my own. And I looked for months. Like, I didn't rush this. Um, I would look, but nothing really felt right. I would go see places. I would find ads on Craigslist that would look at them. They either didn't have parking or it would have to be a shared room or I got weird energy from the employees working there. And I was like, okay, like... God, like, if the timing is right, I know you're going to send me something. I know you're going to send me what I need. And I just didn't let it stop me anymore. I continued to look. And I found an ad on Craigslist. And when I went to look at the salon, 
which is where my studio is located now, I that was when I was finally able to come to terms with going off on my own and I quit. And when I quit, that was a whole other mess. That was a whole other mess. <laughs> I remember like it was just yesterday, like it was January of 2020 and just the owner was super sick. She would get pneumonia all the, every year. Like, to be quite honest, looking back now, I think she might have had COVID when I quit because she was sicker than the dog. Like, she was so sick. And I just remember looking back now, like, I think she did really have COVID then. She was, like, a huge Trump supporter and would say obnoxious things in front of us. She just lacked empathy and common sense. And she didn't care whose feelings were her. She was just, she would say what she said. And, I mean... I I don't know, you know, I don't know much about her. I don't know what happened to her. But when I finally went to go tell her and give her my notice, because when I came to look at the salon, like the suite where I am now, like as soon as I met the owner, I knew this was it. Like I got such great energy from her. She had hoops on, like <laughs> she was Latina. I'm like, yes, I will not have to give my money to a racist bitch anymore. Like, yes, I want to be around Latinas and just people that are like-minded like me who are, you know, thrive out of positivity and good energy. Like that's what I wanted to be. So when I came and saw this place, I'm like, absolutely, this was made for me. Like God was giving me this opportunity to finally leave. So when I finally did, it was January of 2020. And when I went to go tell her, I went to give her my notice. And she was literally like, she said, can we not do this today? And I, I hadn't even told her what it was. But she was like, I'm not in the mood for this. Can we talk about it another day? I'm like, no. Like, in my head, I was like, girl, you already signed a contract. You need to tell her now or just quit. But so I had signed a contract already. I knew I was leaving. And that was just her way of trying to still have control over me. And I feel like deep down, she knew she was losing it. So Long story short, she completely lost her shit when I told her. She was very erratic, chaotic, and I have never seen her this bad. She was screaming, literally screaming at the top of her lungs, sick and all, según ella muy enferma. But she was screaming, she was shaking, she was saying such mean things, trying to say and do anything and everything to keep me from quitting. She said the worst of the worst. She said I wasn't going to make any money. She said I was going to fail. She also said if I took any of the clients, she would sue me. Like, first of all, girl, like you can't tell people who they can and can't follow. It is called free will. Like, how dare you? Not only did I work there for that many years and made her money, like, I brought in so many people. Like, I was the one that built my relationship with my clients, not you. Like, you're just the business. But I was the one bringing the relationship, the community, like, the experience. Like, sorry, not sorry, but who the hell do you think you are? Like, it is safe to say that I have no regrets and I should have done it sooner, like Christina said. And you best believe I, I honestly, like I said, I thrive when people doubt me. So when she said I wasn't going to make any money, I was going to fail. She was even trying to say, well, you can rent here now. Like, first of all, hell to the no, I'm not going to stay here after what you've told me. Like, she was so disgusting. Like, I, ugh, just thinking of that energy that was there, just like literally just such negativity and energy and just anger because she, as a narcissist you know they want to have control and she said I was slipping and just seeing that for like wow just seeing how there really are just ill ill-spirited people out there like it's just too much and I I am so glad I left there I and just to let you know, the first year I left during, you know, I was scared. I was terrified. I just knew I didn't want to work under her ever again. So, and it just doubt me and it drives me to prove you wrong and go even harder. So I was like, bitch, I'm going to prove you wrong. I'm going to make sure that I make it. And the moment I walked out of there, I literally felt like the weight of my shoulders had been lifted off me. Like I said, she was so insensitive with the things I was going through. And to be quite honest, I was scared. I was terrified, of course. I just I just knew that I had done the right thing for myself, my mental and emotional health at that point. I just had to get out of that toxic environment. And if you're in a like a similar situation where you're like, oh, shit, this is me. And like the universe is telling you, 
And if no one else has, this is me telling you to leave. No one is worth your sanity. No one is worth your self your self-respect. No one can disrespect you unless you allow them to. Just do what you have to do to get out of a toxic environment, whether it's work-wise, relationship, friendships, family, anything. If anything is toxic whatsoever, don't keep making excuses. Get out of there. And you know, this year I just celebrated two years of officially being my own boss and even through a pandemic, I am still in business. I went off on my own February, March of 2020. Come April, we had to be shut down. I literally closed for months. I left right before the pandemic happened. I didn't know this was coming. No one, None of us knew, you know, Trump was saying it was going to be a thing. And looking back now, I didn't understand just why she was so hostile when I was leaving but come to find out, she was going to close that spot anyway. Like, two, like one or two months after I left, she closed it. And I'm like, what? And I actually, I think her husband passed away. I mean, I'm not wishing ill upon anyone. Like, you know, I never wish any ill on anyone. But that's the thing. As I'm not trying to sound cocky, but many people who have messed with me in the past, I know my ancestors and karma got me. Like, I've seen it from experience. My mom has said it. Like, mucha gente tiene que saber que no se metan con nosotros porque siempre mi abuelito dice las cosas les van a pasar. And again, we're not wishing ill upon anyone, but I've noticed firsthand when people have fucked with me or done stuff to me, they, karma gets them. And I, again, I don't wish this upon anyone. And it's like, and that's why I always just let them do do whatever they're going to do. They're going to do dirty, whatever. I just walk away in peace because I know they will get theirs, you know, like, sorry, not sorry. You tried me. It is what it is. I'm going to keep it pushing and let karma do you, boo. Okay. And, you know, it happened to her. Her She had to close her business. Her husband passed. Like, that's the thing. Like, you can't be negative and not realize that karma will get you in the end like come on so yeah I left and my clients are true definition of my ride or dies I have my loyals my OGs that have followed me from all over the from the beginning like those I cherish so much that have followed me from Northridge to Studio City to Sherman Oaks and now in Valley Village and we even went through a pandemic together like we we're still trucking together my clients honestly have gotten me through some of the darkest and most difficult times in my life like a lot of them don't realize it because i'm good at masking my personal stuff you know i'm very big on like not taking your personal life into your work environment and but they might not even realize that they've gotten me out of some of the darkest times of my life. They've distracted me and just kept me sane and kept me going. And I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for them. Like, I am getting really emotional. But, you know, to my past, present and future clients, just thank you. Thank, just thank you for allowing me into your lives and putting your trust in me and allowing me to be a safe space. Thank you for just allowing me to continue to live my dream, loving my career of being my own boss and just continue to live my best life. Like I hope I give my clients a safe space. Like I hope I give a judgment free zone and anyone and everyone is welcomed. I am, like I said, now also a certified hypnotherapist and I'm going to go more into detail soon in that ep on the next episodes coming up on my hypnotherapy and what I even went through to even come to terms with even trying to become a certified hypnotherapist but I just can't wait to just help more people and just just help like I like I said I just want to help people and if I can uh, by all means I will and just help people whether it's waxing them and allowing them to vent giving them a safe space to just let it out maybe this is their little outing or their self-love like just take care of yourself and just to close this podcast episode I just really just want to say just do you and be your own number one fan believe in yourself you truly truly just have to believe in yourself because deep down you know you you have your back you know you'll never let yourself down. You know you have your back, you're your ride or die. And if you're not, work on that self-love and just take the risks and know that at least you tried. At least you tried, you gave it your all. And, you know, 
do what you got to do. You know, the pandemic was hard. I wasn't open for a few months. We weren't essential, according to Newsom or the mayor. And that's a whole other stories. But my clients remain loyal, even through a pandemic. And thanks to them, my business is still open and thriving. And I hope to continue to grow it. And, you know, when I was closed, I just asked God and the universe, just give me a sign what to do from here, how I can continue working. How can I, you know, even work from home? I love to travel and still help people and have income. And, you know, at that point, I was like, yeah, yeah, wishful thinking. Like, is there even a career like that? And I literally had an epiphany while I was, you know, going through my spiritual journey during the pandemic and everything. And I something told me just become a certified hypnotherapist. I don't know if it was my higher self, but I had an epiphany and this is my new career journey I'm going to. And I'm absolutely loving it. Like I said, I'm going to go more into the future, like dive into hypnotherapy and my journey with that. Because I feel like that, again, needs its own episode on its own. But just the moral of the story is this episode is just follow your dreams no matter how hard it can get or how many people doubt you. Just prove them wrong and push through and you will achieve anything and everything you work towards. You know, sending a lot of love your way and love and light and just know that you got this. It's not going to be easy, but it is necessary. Stop doubting yourself. Step into your light. And I'm just saying that to myself as well as I'm recording this. Like, stop doubting yourself. You know, imposter syndrome is a fucking bitch, but don't let it take over. Just, just believe in yourself. Do the work. Do what you have to do to live the life you want and don't doubt yourself and when you hear that little voice trying to get in there flick it away you know you're a boss ass bitch you know you can do anything you put your mind to you know you can achieve all the goals you want you know you can be a millionaire you know you can lose weight you can literally do anything we're all master manifestors you can do it just do it just stop letting fear run your life and just do it Ugh, sorry i get so passionate but i just I just want, I want everyone to win. I want everyone to achieve their dreams, achieve their goals, and just, just do it. I believe in you. If no one else does, I believe in you. If you doubt yourself, I believe in you, okay? And just remember to be kind and remember just to do a nice thing a day. And until next time, si Dios quiere, primero Dios. Thank you so much for listening to my rant. And look at me now. I am the founder of Sweet Like Sugar Beauty, two years strong through a pandemic and everything. And now I am the founder of Ruthlessly Healing, my hypnotherapy practice. And I can't wait to see where this journey takes me. I can't wait just to continue to grow it, continue to grow my current business and just continue growing and seeing what this journey called life is going to take me to next. And just thank you so much for supporting me. I truly appreciate it. Make sure to tell everybody that wants to listen that they should. (laughs) And thank you again for the support. And I will talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Bye.